0: Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. All right, good morning once again. Hey, let me start by taking you back to October of 2016. I was a baby pastor. I was 27 years old. I was a brand new pastor at Plymouth Meeting Church, only at Plymouth Meeting Church a couple months. Uh, In October of 2016, fall of 2016, I took four Sundays, four sermons, and I attempted to frame out some vision for Plymouth Meeting Church. Now, certainly being only a couple months new into the role, being stationed here at Plymouth Meeting Church, I was certainly still in data collecting. Mode. Uh, But I just knew that Plymouth Meeting Church, it has a history, a legacy, it has a heritage. Plymouth Meeting Church certainly has gifts. Plymouth Meeting Church is here for a reason. And, And so I attempted to frame out some vision for the church. And as the new lead pastor, I humbly submitted that hey, you know what, guys? You know, we were hired for a reason. Uh, some changes need to, to happen, uh, we need to make a U-turn here at Plymouth Meeting Church. Of course, all under the guidance, direction, and strength of God. And you know what? Over the last five years, it certainly has been a journey. It certainly has been a journey. Uh, but today, we're not here to talk about the past. No, today uh, we start uh, Vision Month at Plymouth Meeting Church. This is Vision Month. Here. today, and God willing, over the next uh, two weekends here, uh, we're going to be talking about who we are as a church, uh, perhaps where we are, and, and we're going to be getting into some things that just help clarify, bring some some clarity to our to our visions, things to focus on. That's what we get to talk about. Uh, this month, I, I usually uh, in, in, in my in my framework, in my mind, I usually like to at least take one Sunday a year to talk about vision. Well this year, I'm going to take three Sundays, three Sundays worth to talk about the vision, who we are, where we're going with with Plymouth Meeting Church. So for starters, uh, let's just review our purpose, mission, and vision. Statement okay, this might be brand new to you. I'm not sure, you may have seen this before, Uh, but let's all just take a look at it together. Our purpose, mission, and vision statement. So, our purpose statement is basically it says, like, okay, this is why we're here, we are here to know Christ and make him known. Our mission statement, which means, like, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Our mission is to raise up healthy believers and proclaim Jesus to a hurting world. And now our vision statement, okay, it, 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 we kind of take our, our purpose and our mission and we take our values and we take our, our, our biblical doctrine and all of that. Uh, and, and we kind of put all of that together. Our vision statement is, is our big window. It, 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 this is where we're going. Um, it is a a vision of where we want to go, and I believe a vision statement needs to be pretty big. Something big enough where we'll definitely need God's help. Our vision statement here at Plymouth Meeting Church is to change the northwest Philadelphia suburbs by putting mission and discipleship back into the hands of everyday people. If you believe that the church is to be an agent of change in society, then that means the church needs to be An agent of change in society. The church is people. People, mission and discipleship. Putting that back into the hands of everyday people. That's what we're about. And we can change neighborhoods. We can change the block, the suburbs. Okay? That's our vision. And certainly it is something big for Little Old Plymouth Meeting Church to, to grow into. Now, something happened during my pastorate that, that I was not expecting, okay? There's this thing called the COVID-19 pandemic that, that sprung up, right? Uh, major shifts came overnight. PMC Beyond was, was born during this time. Uh, as as uh, author Andy Crouch would say, our horizons shifted in short there was this great shuffling that we all experienced in march of 2020 i recently was talking to one of our uh one of our neighborhood churches they're they're just right down the street from us and i was talking to uh, the pastor there and and she was saying that this is a time where we are really finding out who is the church i could not agree more with that statement this is a time where we are really finding out who is the church you know what we're still here you're a part of PMC PMC Beyond we have this online extension here where we have this online gathering we're still here and sure there might be some hiccups due to mitigating the transmission of the virus but but big picture like the wind is blowing in our sails. PMC is here. We're alive. There is momentum. You now, part of this story is that a number of months ago, good number of months ago, I just st- I, I I felt it within me that the time was ripe to go a little bit further with our vision and our direction here. That that this this pandemic. Uh, did actually cultivate, it stirred up an opportunity for us to really uh, focus on things that we need to focus on. Meaning like, you know, some of our machinery, a lot of our machinery got put on hold or was, was kind of put on, uh, you know, a, a lower limit and stuff. And so with all the nuts and bolts of church machinery and trying to figure out the pandemic and, you know, we're, we're building this airplane and trying to fly it at the same time. Through all of that, I just felt like it was time, uh, the time was ripe to go a little bit further with trying to get more clarity, and I was led to the idea of coming up with non-negotiables or, or distinctives that really help us to clarify or inform our, our thinking and our planning, kind of like culture-building elements here at Plymouth Meeting Church. So this was way back uh, in late winter, early spring, ministry council, the leadership team at Plymouth Meeting Church, we we took a couple of months. We we did some workshops, uh, in-house workshops. I facilitated the conversation and we spent time talking about, okay, what would it mean or what would it look like to kind of just, okay, we we have these purpose and mission statements, vision statements and stuff, but... What if we kind of added a little bit more scaffolding, a little bit more of a grid or framework to this? And so we had these conversations. And during uh, one of these conversations, uh, one of my illustrations that I brought up was Starbucks. Okay, Starbucks. If you go to Starbucks website, they have their values listed. And uh, one of their values says uh, that they want to create a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome. Okay, and so what that means is like, okay, if I was the manager at Starbucks, I would want every single one of my employees to know this non-negotiable, okay, or this distinctive, all right? I, I would be like, you know, Billy, you're not here to reinvent coffee, okay? You're here to create a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome, okay? Okay. You know, Susie, you're not here to redesign the dining area. What I really want you to do, all right, here's your job duties, but I want you to filter this value, create a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome. I feel like, okay team, if we do this, we'll be successful. Like we wanna, we wanna do these things well, okay? And so kind of borrowing that, that concept, right? Um it's like okay plymouth meaning church okay p m c beyond what are some values? what are some distinctives that we could hang out there for everyone to know and 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 you know you can you can jot it down or 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 print it out put it put it close to you where you kind of see, oh, yeah, as we continue to build a post pandemic culture, these are some distinctives that help. To, this this will help us create this, this culture of who we really are. These distinctives will help us to move forward in unity with, with strength and a, a strong sense of identity. When you have a strong sense of identity, your self-esteem goes up. Like, like the church's self-esteem will go up. With like, like there's going to be a togetherness. That's what we're talking about here. Okay? And so... Uh, ministry council and myself we we worked together we came up with three distinctives or or non-negotiables um, and and these are written for us today maybe like in 5 years ministry council will want to change change something around or you know kind of mix something else in there that's fine these are just they're timely for us today this is what we talked about. This is like we like this is what makes us who we are. We want everything to be filtered through these three distinctives. Here they are. PMC seeks to be a traditional yet fresh and innovative local church expressed as Christ-centered, Bible-saturated, and spirit-empowered. PMC seeks to be a family of Christ followers who share the journey of becoming like Christ through hospitable discipleship, dialogue, and devotion. PMC seeks to be an active community on mission with God in obedience to the Spirit that demonstrates tangibly and declares creatively the gospel of Jesus Christ to our area and beyond ministry council adopted these on June 15th, 2021. And I tucked them away because I was like, God willing, when we get to the fall, uh, we are going to dish these out to the church. We're going to spend time just kind of talking about them. So that's what we're up to today. We're going to take a look at the first distinctive. We seek to be a traditional yet fresh An innovative local church expressed as Christ-centered, Bible-saturated, and Spirit-empowered. Let's dig into it today. We are a traditional church. Okay, what does that mean? We are a traditional church. Uh, There are traditions and and, and teachings out there. There, There's a way of life that's been handed over, uh, that's been delivered. A, A certain church culture... That's been, in, that, that's been in transmission from generation to generation. Okay, there, there are certain experiences and expressions of Christian worship that are preserved and defended in tradition. Some of our tra- uh, traditions are passed down by word of mouth. Uh, they, they kind of form naturally, organically. Others are more, um, they're, they're, they're written out and and some of them, you know, some of our traditions—they're—they're—they're they're, they're in our church discipline, uh, and it's—it's it's very like churchy language, and it, it's preserved in that in that written format. But again, other traditions are its its, it's not written down anywhere. It's just kind of something we, we know what to do, okay? And these tri- these traditions are are passed down from from generation to generation. Second Thessalonians 2.15 encourages the family of God to stand firm and hold fast to the traditions. The traditions, okay, or teachings. The 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 good Bible teachings or or the the way of, of life that that started with the early church, Acts chapter 2, you know, meeting up for fellowship and prayer and, and preaching. Celebrating communion. As American Protestants, there are Christian habits out there, traditions that like we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Okay, and one more thing that I want to say about traditions is that they must be connected to their life source. That that not all traditions are good. Traditions that get disconnected from their original meaning or their, their original intention, you know, there, there are tra- traditions out there that are no good. And I, and I think of traditions as like wildflowers, wildflowers, that, that uh, flowers that are nice and pretty and they're connected in the soil and they have a root system, they have a life source, like uh, some traditions are like that. Other traditions are, are like when, you know, we come by and we clip those flowers and we put them in a, in a jar of water, and for a certain amount of time, those traditions are going to serve their purpose, but eventually they'll die out, okay, because they're not, you know, they're in a jar of water, they'll last a little bit, but eventually they'll they'll die out. So when we say we're a traditional church, uh, it, it involves sort of taking a look of, okay, here are the things that we're doing. Is it connected to something in scripture? Uh, where's the meaning? Do we still know why we're even doing it today? Uh, can, you know, can, can we articulate well why we do the things that we do? We are a traditional church but also we aim to be fresh and innovative, okay? I say one of the best ways we honor the church of yesteryear is to move forward into the future. We are a traditional church, yet also fresh and innovative, a fresh and innovative local church. And so what does that mean, innovative? That means we say, okay, we're traditional, but it's also, it's okay to be dynamic and Contextual, we take a look at our own context. What does it mean to be a a suburban church in 2021? While honoring meaningful traditions, we can also do things that make sense for us today. Ted Essler of the organization Missio Nexus, I like what he says. He says, who was Mr. New in history? Who talked about the New Kingdom? The new covenant, new wineskins. Who makes all things new? Ted Esler, he points it out really big. In fact, he wrote a book on it. He says, you know what? Jesus was a huge innovator. Jesus taught in a new way. Mark one twenty two. people were amazed at Jesus' teaching. You know, Jesus wasn't afraid To innovate now for us today when I talk about innovation I'm not saying we're innovating theology but really methodology the message doesn't change gospel communication and the way we celebrate and the way we worship and the way that we do church functions and fellowships that those those methods can change we are free to almost start new traditions all right Jude 3 reminds us to contend for the beliefs that we cherish. Contend for the beliefs that we cherish for God through the apostles, and then also through 2,000 years of church history. God has entrusted these truths to us. The message doesn't change, and we hold out the same message We're holding out the same message, but how we do that from generation to generation means that the church needs innovators. Real quick, Generation Alpha, the kids who are being born right now today, Generation Alpha, 2.5 million kids born each week globally. These kids are growing up in a technology-infused world. They're basically gonna have a digital version of themselves their whole lives. We don't even know what a post-pandemic world is gonna look like for them. Generation Alpha is gonna grow up in a world that is really different from even what's happening right now today. We need to reach Generation Alpha. And that means we need to learn the language. We need to be innovators for Generation Alpha. And that means whether you're like, you know, baby boomers, Gen Xers, Millennials, Gen Z, like like we need to empty ourselves. We need to get out of our way. We need to reach our own generations, but we need to also do so with innovation that continues to reach the generations that are to come. I just want to share with you real quick. I I, I like this statement. I agree with this statement from Fresh Expressions Ministries. They say our world is rapidly changing. It needs a church rooted in scripture, orthodoxy, that means right teachings, tradition, but also fluent in the language of the culture of the world today. And so Plymouth Meeting Church, we seek to be a traditional yet fresh and innovative local church. Now, we have some qualifiers. Our expression of these tradition tradition, innovative, like this push and pull between traditions and innovations, our expressions in that push and pull is that no matter what, we're going to be Christ-centered, Bible-saturated, and Spirit-empowered. Our traditions are going to be Christ centered, Bible saturated, and spirit empowered. Our innovations, our new traditions, the new things that we try, Christ centered, Bible saturated, and spirit empowered. And so let's just talk about those now. Christ centered. We are a Jesus church. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, born to Mary, who is a virgin. Jesus is fully man and fully God and we preach Jesus Christ and him crucified that Jesus was the perfect man God in the flesh he lived here he lived perf- perfectly he lived the life that we could not but he brutally was executed by crucifixion a death that's reserved for slaves and and criminals Jesus died the the lowest of the low like he he was he died the lowest way possible it was brutal it was violent jesus god in the flesh god incarnate took on the physical and 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 spiritual suffering jesus bore the sins of humanity on the cross and so what that means is is when we say we are christ-centered it also means that we are cross-shaped people that the cross is the place. Of judgment, where where Jesus takes on our sins. You know what? Because we are a cross shaped people, that means we're an atonement community. Because on the cross, Jesus inaugurated something new. On the cross is where we find redemption and forgiveness. We we look to Jesus, we look to the cross, and we continue to look to the cross. We trust in Jesus we trust in that sacrifice we trust in the blood of Jesus Christ Jesus died three days later he rose again if we are cross people if we're atonement people we're also resurrection people and all of this is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ and we preach turn to Christ believe the good news that in Christ, you can have a restored relationship with God. You no longer have to be a slave. You no longer have to be an orphan. But you are a son and daughter if you believe in Jesus. You believe in Jesus. Sons and daughters of God. Jesus says, God is our father. That makes us family. Mm. And So Jesus is our model. He is the original. He is the Alpha and the Omega. We're all about Jesus. He is the original disciple maker. As Bob Wronglian teaches, Jesus calls 12 unlikely men to be his disciples. He invested in them and showed them how to live out God's kingdom. Jesus invited them. Jesus invited the 12 disciples to participate with him. And he sent them out to do what he did on their own. But you know what? He didn't send them out alone. He gave them his authority. You know what? God's power flowed through the Christian life and continues to do so today. At Plymouth Meeting Church, we keep Jesus central. You know what? We want to be, we want to be saturated with Jesus' word, which brings up our our, our second. Uh, little qualifier today. We seek to be a Bible-saturated church. We want a Bible-saturated church culture, and so we appeal to the Bible, this library of books. It shapes our doctrine, our thinking, our practice. We recognize the Bible has this dual authorship—that there's human authors who who had their own personality and their own historical context. But there's also this divine author who, who like partnered with these, these human authors. And, and, and through the work of the Spirit, through illumination, these, these men, they, they, they wrote out God's word. And it's been preserved throughout history. The, the transmission process has been protected by the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle. And we, we look to the Bible, that, that God's message for us is within reach. And we pray that the Spirit will continue to bring illumination to us. The Bible is authoritative. It's a valuable tool. Second Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So we seek to be Jesus-centered. Jesus restores us, but he doesn't just leave us there. He also sends us out. There's, There's a purpose and a plan to all of this too. He sends us out and he says, go make disciples. And we have this tremendous tool called the Bible. And and we live in this push and pull of traditions and innovations. And we're called to make disciples. But you know what? We are not sent out alone. Just like the, the disciples, we are sent out with the authority of Jesus. We're also sent out and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God promised The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And it actually happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Uh, It was here. The Spirit came down and filled and empowered the church and continues to do so today. Scholar Ron Clark, he reminds us that the driving force of restoration is the Holy Spirit. It's not humans. It is the Spirit that leads Jesus' disciples. And the church is to be witnesses for God's glory and honor. It is the work of the Spirit. How we get to live out the Christian life, it is the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 6-11, a great passage. It reminds us that the Spirit is there empowering us. The mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. We are empowered to make disciples. Again, we are authorized by Jesus to do so. It is the only business we have in being a church, to make disciples. Matthew 28, the end of it, the Great Commission. Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. We are authorized, hear this, church, we are authorized by Jesus to make disciples. And we are sent out to do this. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. We are traditional, yet we seek to be a fresh and innovative local church. We are expressed as Christ-centered, Bible-saturated, and Spirit-empowered. The purpose, church, of these distinctives is to help shape our identity and our culture, to shape our worship life to shape our church life, our ecclesiology, to shape our missional life, our missiology. The plan is that as we hold these out, as we hold out these values, as as new folks come in, they'll get to know a PMC with with these distinctives. And, And these distinctives will help create the soil for, dis- for disciple making, for uh, missional reproduction, God-willing church planning, some down, sometime down the lane, right. We're we're creating a culture that that does what we're supposed to be doing. Making disciples who make disciples all around the world, and we give glory to God every step of the way. That's part one of our vision series, 2021 edition. God willing, we'll be back here next week with part two. And then part three comes up after that, of course. Vision month here at Plymouth Meeting Church. Go in the grace of God. Amen.